0: Welcome, welcome to another episode of U-Press Play Sports. This is episode eight. We are back again. My name is Joseph Acasa. I'm the business manager at the FAU University Press. I'm joined by sports editor Richard Pereira and photo editor Esten Parker. Guys, how are you doing today?
1: Doing good. Lots to go over.
0: Oh, yeah. We got a busy day. Full schedule here for you. We're going to start off with FAU men's baseball. They recently had a four-game series against UAB. They split the series 2-2. Two, two. The first game they lost six to seven in 10 innings. Then they won in two to one. They lost two to four, and then on the final day they won five to three. So I'll start with you, Esten. What are you going to take away from this series for FAU, who needed to rebound from a poor series?
2: I guess you you know you, you didn't win, but you also didn't lose the series. Um, a, a good split is something that you know it it happens from time to time, and you got to you won more in this series than he did in the last one. So at least there's some progress.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you can kind of see how the pitching has improved a little bit, Richard, you know, with holding them the one score, four scores, three scores. Of course, there's the seven, but that was in 10 innings. So how would you say the pitching looked this weekend?
1: The pitching looked much better. They only conceded 15 runs the whole series. That is a lot of progress considering what we had to go through in the last series against Old Dominion. So, great improvement by the pitching. And while the offense still slowly progresses, we are starting to get back to where we started the, it earlier in the season.
0: And I do want to shout out one of the players on FAU's baseball team, Nicholas Toney, who is absolutely raking for this team. He, and Nolan Shanuel. Bobby Morganson, homered in the last game. But, you know, B.J. Murray, Nicholas Toney, Nolan Shanuel, all those guys, like we said at the beginning of the season, we got a bunch of hitters. We got, you know, how, uh, Hassan Whiteside said, we got shooters, we got hitters. And everybody can go yard at any time. So in the next series FAU has going to be against that team down south, got, <laughs> got a six game set, three games at uh, Coral Gables and then three games at home against at Boca Raton. The first series is going to be starting this Friday, the 23rd, and go through April 25th. So if you're down south and you want to see FAU baseball play, go check them out, and maybe, hopefully, we'll give them a good luck charm. We're going to move on to a hiring that FAU women's basketball made. As you've probably heard, Jim Jabir is out as the FAU women's basketball coach. He's taking the job at Siena and in steps in oh i can't believe i forgot her name is it jennifer sullivan jennifer yes. sullivan jennifer sullivan i'm sorry her right. in steps in jennifer sullivan who comes from the university of tennessee as an assistant coach she's got a lot of experience around a successful program as we know tennessee women's basketball is near the top in terms of basketball programs in the country so richard i'll start with you what can Coach Sullivan, expect from this new FAU women's basketball roster.
1: Well, before I start with Sullivan, I'd like to pay respect to Jaber for doing everything he did at his time with FAU, coaching him the best he at the best to his capability, like taking them to a quarterfinal appearance in the in his conference USA tournament. Well, even though we could have gone farther, further, but. Hey, he ended his time with FE on a a good note. He got them to where they'd never been before. So that's great. On Jennifer Sullivan, this will will be her first time as a head coach. And her entire time coaching has been either an assistant coach and an associate coach. So being a head coach is way more different than being in those positions. But hopefully with the experience that she has from that, she can channel that into creating something amazing with the FAU women's basketball program.
0: So we're hoping that she can bring something great to the FAU women's basketball program. And this it's going to be an FAU team that's going to be missing all world uh, player Iggy Allen, who will be transferring <laughs> out of the school, out of FAU.
1: He might come back. He might we'll- come back,
0: maybe, <laughs> but uh, it's, generally believe that she's transferring out of the program. So what can Coach Sullivan expect from the players that she's going to get on this Lady Owls basketball team?
2: I think that she she can expect a team that will work really hard and also that will be responsive to her coaching. I mean, she's coming from, like you said, J.P., a really storied program in Tennessee women's basketball. Um, and, of course, she's also received a ton of praise from other coaches, um, one of them being the coach of the – Tennessee basketball team Kelly Harper I I think that she's going to get a team that knows that they're capable that they're more than capable of going further than they did in the tournament last season even if they're without the the greatest player I'm going to say in FAU women's basketball history in Iggy Allen they they know that they are a talented team and also they're going to develop under her and you know and it's still a pretty young team and with this type of coach this could be this should be an exciting season
0: You know it's not like fau has completely barren rosters you know amber gaston's hopefully gonna be returning for her senior season janetta rosendale also going to be returning for a redshirt junior season um you got rita pleskovich redshirt senior season they're going to be coming back and one thing that i noticed throughout this women's basketball season near the end was they improved on the long ball heavily they shot the three ball great. And if we can improve on that throughout the next part of the uh, next season, uh, that combined with Coach Sullivan's experience, um, being at Tennessee, it could be it could lead to something great. So I'm all for it. I'm all for it. She has the pedigree. She has the experience. I'm excited to see what she's going to bring to the FAU women's basketball team. So this last one, I kind of laugh at it a little bit because in our show notes, Richard said, partying like it's 2007 and that has to do with fau men's soccer if you haven't heard that fau men's soccer team had their best season arguably since 2007 so i'm gonna let richard take it away from here because he's partying like it's 2007 i was only seven years old so i don't know what kind of parties they were having
1: well in 2007 i was six years old at the time so anyway uh... <laughs> It was a great win by FAU on Saturday. They, uh, even though the score looked closer than it actually did, the defense was actually was almost perfect. If it weren't for that, if it weren't for that penalty, UAB scored. FAU would have shut them out completely. UAB only had like two or three shots the whole game, while FAU bullied them, like ten, like ten to fourteen, around that number. It was just utter dominance by FAU, and it was a well-deserved win. And Michalenko, hey, yes, sir, pulled about the Ren- the Ronaldo celebration after hitting the, the <laughs> winning penalty. It-, it was great. It was great stuff. And not only is this their best season since 2007, it's their first winning season since 2007. May I add? Oh wow. This is also their best defensive performance in school history this is 11 goals conceded is the least they allowed ever so the defensive side of FAU is the best that we've ever seen
0: so I'm going to kind of clarify one of those stats you pulled up FAU had 14 shots four of them were on goal UAB had two that is dominance from a defensive perspective and like you said from a team that had its best defensive performance this season in program history. And it's kind of interesting to think about Esten, uh, looking back on our preseason predictions for this team, one of the questions would be goalkeeping. Goalkeeping turned out to be one of our biggest rocks this season.
2: Neil Strauber, he played, li- played lights out against UAB. you know, I, a little unlucky. With the penalty, I'll, I'm not going to bash them on that. Um, but a really, a really good season, and that, that whole defense, the whole team, there, you can tell that they're super confident in their abilities. In fact, one of them, when I was sending them pictures after the game, told me that their their ambitions next season is to win the conference. So I, I'm I'm very much looking to see how this team improves over the off season because. I mean, after this season, with a lot of good experience, our first winning season since 07, the fall can be something special.
0: Definitely, definitely. I'm pulling up uh, Neil Straubers stats real quick this season. It looks like he had 35 saves and a 76% save percentage. That is under Three unreal. saves a game. Three saves That's, a game. That's really good. And – you know FAU's offense came around to the defense they met together at the culmination which is a dominant from bell to bell performance in the final game of the season so it's really exciting to see what FAU's done this men's soccer for the men's soccer team this season and they're definitely going to be able to pull something off pull something off next season the way that this team left off i have no doubt they're going to be one of the top teams in conference USA next season so We're going to move on from this portion of FAU sports. And in case you've been living under a rock, some big things have been happening in the world of professional soccer. So top teams from around, not necessarily the country, but England, Spain, England, Spain, Italy, England, Spain, and Italy are forming what's called a super league, which is the top 15, 12 to 15 teams in England, Spain, and Italy would all play each other, it's, it's basically going off and taking – it's like taking their ball and going home. That's, act, that's exactly what they did. They took their ball and they went home, and they're going to play against all their other friends. So, <laughs> Richard, Eston, you guys are two huge soccer fans. I'm not necessarily the biggest soccer fan, but I definitely am interested, and we'll definitely be seeing what's been going, what will be going on. I'm definitely going to watch some soccer after this because I find this fascinating. So, Richard, I want to start with you. What are your thoughts on this whole Super League?
1: My overall thoughts on it are negative. First reason being that it is basically m- the majority of the teams in the Super League are permanent, meaning they're immune from relegation. And it, this really shows why the promotion and relegation setup is important because it demands improvement from clubs. And if you're doing bad, you get punished for it by being relegated. Not, being immune from relegation shows how much privilege, it, it really is privileged for the clubs to be like, we're permanent and we'll never be relegated because money rules. The second is the lack of communication with the players and coaches. Like reading a, a story from ESPN from, by from, which featured Liverpool coach Jurgen Klopp saying that he had no communication about this until now, which really goes to show how this is the Super League is being driven by the owners of the clubs who are wealthy and have a, a billion do- billions of dollars in backing from JP Morgan, who is funding this. So it's very concerning that the rich are getting richer and the poor is getting poorer because... it's really, as a soccer fan, it really hurts. It really hurts the game because you want to see smaller teams develop into becoming like to fulfill the dream of being a top club in the world. The Super League pretty much takes that, takes that enjoyment away.
0: Eston, what are your overall thoughts on it? I'll share mine once you're done. Uh,
2: so mine are pretty similar to Richard's. I'm, I'm not very happy at all with it it's it's clearly a money grab by the owners um i mean no consultation with managers especially someone like klopp who is arguably him besides pep guardiola is they're arguably the best managers in football right now soccer sorry um and one thing that's that's really frustrating to me when it comes to this super league okay ac milan they haven't played in europe well i'm sorry they haven't played in the Champions League, the premier competition, which was initially designed to be somewhat like a Super League. They haven't been in the Champions League in I don't think 10 years. It's been a while. They
1: haven't been there Arsenal,
2: for a while. Arsenal, they may not even finish in a European spot this season. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Tottenham fan. By the way, I'm happy Tottenham like a, uh, Jose Mourinho. Um, they have a ton of um financial clout when it comes to you know the, the your the soccer teams out there but some of these teams aren't they're not even the best in europe so how can you put them in the same level as a real madrid or a manchester city or a chelsea who would fight the floor with some of these teams all right so yes,
1: basically games, but they're not the best
0: All right, so here are my overall thoughts on it. And I agree with Esten. This is just a big old money grab. This is an attempt by the owners to get as much cash as they can from building a giant league with some of the top clubs in the whole sport in that area. And honestly, like, from a business side, like, yeah, it makes sense but it's also really really dumb and the reason i say it's really dumb is because like you said those bottom teams like arsenal and ac milan they're not very successful and the reason i think they're involved is the name me as a known admitted casual soccer fan also not very I don't follow the sport as much as I should. I'm trying I'm working on that. I've heard of AC Milan before today. I've heard I've heard of Arsenal before today. So they have that kind of influence along with the Real Madrid, you know. <laughs> so really, I think it's all come down to that. It's come down to who's the biggest names because the names are gonna drive money. Money is ultimately the reason why they're doing this. Now, what I thought was interesting was I think it's the Champions League, like, not owner, but the head of the Champions League said if, they, if any players participate in this Super League, they can't participate in UEFA or uh, the World Cup. And I'm like, good luck with that, buddy. You can try and stop them from doing that. I don't know how they're going to do that, but that's going to come down to a bunch of litigation, lawsuits. So, like, good luck with trying to stop them from playing in those
1: yeah uh, that's actually one of my concerns is like so you're going to keep these players from playing in the World Cup if they're in UEFA like the the players are in UEFA they play for countries that are in UEFA like Portugal, Spain Germany, Italy, France etc. What about the players in uh, South America? What about the ones in Asia? What about the ones in North America if you got some over there? Will they be banned from playing in the World Cup well, because they're well, on a club?
2: Well, it's that, that's that's at FIFA level. So if FIFA, yeah. if FIFA doesn't recognize it, then it doesn't really matter where the players are from because FIFA doesn't recognize it. doesn't matter what the National Federation say.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's where, really have that power of
2: uh,
0: And that's where I think the biggest problem is going to come in. It's with FIFA versus the Super League, versus the National federations, Because, say, a really good player from Italy wants to play for Italy in the World Cup, but he also participates in the Super League. FIFA could try and say, no, you can't participate, but then they're going up against the Super League and against the whole government and the National Federation of Italy. And I'm not sure if that's a fight that FIFA, A, wants to fight,
1: or B, will win so this and i don't think fifa wants that fight because they're already their name is already tainted for obvious reasons (laughs) yeah fifa needs to
0: stay as much out of they need to stay out the courtroom (laughs) that's really it they need to stay out the courtroom and this is not a good way of staying out the courtroom
2: well one thing that i'm i'm looking forward to seeing like from a legal perspective, when it comes to all this, is especially in England, there's a lot of calls to reform the way that um, clubs are owned so the ownership model. And they might be taking a look at how Germany has, how Germany structures the ownership models of their soccer team. So Bayern Munich, for example, they just won the Champions League last year and the Bundesliga, arguably the biggest club in Europe, in the world. They're not a part of this currently. And part of that comes down to the way that the German football ownership model works is it's 50 to one. So someone like a Stan Kroenke, the owner of Arsenal would have a 50% stake in the club, or I'm sorry, a 49% stake in the club. But at the end of the day, the, there's, there can't be an individual owner or a group of owners that have a majority stake. The owners at the end of the day of German teams are the fans because they own 51% of the club. They own the majority, obviously. So, they're in England. They're they're looking to see. When I mean they, I mean like some of uh, some government officials. They're looking to see if they can change the way the teams are owned in England, which I think would be a good thing, not only for the game but but for the fans especially, because that would hopefully prevent something like this from happening. But the likelihood of the ownership model being changed in England. I, that's the the legal process of all this is probably going to take about a year. I don't know when they realistically think the super league is just going to start because they don't even have a TV broadcaster yet. They may have the financial backing from, I think it's JP Morgan, but if no one's going to broadcast their games, what are you going to do? You're going to make your own TV network.
0: But see, that's the thing. They got the money to do that. They can just say, we, that's really, true. that's, that's uh, the yes, biggest thing right now. Our like, games. They have, they have money. And when I say money, they got money, money, money. So they can just say, yeah, we're going to break away and form our super league. We, Oh, you don't have a TV program. JP Morgan just hop on the phone with somebody and you can broadcast games. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I hate to use pro wrestling terms, but It's a lot like when Shane McMahon bought WCW. WCW and WWF were two different things. But then Shane McMahon bought WCW, brought it to the WWF, made its own Super League of Wrestling. So now more people are going to watch on one show. They can be like, hey, we got all these people. You should broadcast us more. And that's what happened. So... It's going to be interesting because like I said, the Super League owners have money. That's really that's really it. They got money. I have to look back at the players that are on these teams and from the 12 to 15 teams that are being talked about to be on in this Super League, but if they also have the the higher the most well-known players, then it's not looking good for FIFA because you're losing money, you're losing the big name players, and the only thing you can say is yeah, you won't be able to play in the World Cup. That would mean bringing in the entire country. And, like, I've never seen a federation or, like, a sports league go to war with an entire country. That would be funny. But I thought of something uh, that Esther was saying about uh, ownership and giving fans, like, 51% ownership. I'm thinking in an American football brain, I'm a huge football fan, I would not want fans anywhere near an NFL franchise. (laughs) Not at all. Not a single one of y'all can tell me Cletus from Douglasville knows how to run the Atlanta Falcons. As much as we talk on Twitter about how we'd run a franchise, we don't know anything. So, like, I don't know, man. I, I could see it. Like, it's cool for fans that have that stake in ownership. But at the end of the day – some business decisions got to be made and I don't want Jim Bob from accounting, making those decisions for the football team, but (laughs) we're going to move on real quick. We're going to go to the NBA. And honestly, I've been feeling kind of down about the NBA. You know, uh, I think it's been saying that ratings are super low this year. And I think one of the main reasons behind that is because a, we're still in a pandemic and B because of the condensed season, Players are playing a lot more, which is leading to a lot of injuries. Like, I saw a report somewhere that there have been more ACL tears this season than any other season previously. And the latest is Jamal Murray, star guard for the Brook- – not Brooklyn, Jesus, Denver Nuggets. <laughs> uh, forgive me. But, um, yeah, man, it's been a weird season. Like, the basketball has been good, but at the same time, it's not – interesting because all the players are like sitting out all the players getting injured and I kind of took this from first take Stephen A. Smith went on a rant about players playing, need to play and stuff like that and I'm like bro we are in a pandemic one and two like players getting injured all the time in a condensed season so Richard, I want to get your thoughts real quick on it. What have you thought overall about this season in terms of injury,
1: players sitting out, players resting? Well, I've always thought that shortening the season to 72 games was a good decision. The issue with that was with the spacing of the schedule. Like, if we started, if we weren't in a pandemic and we decided to shorten the season to 72 games, and we had the season start from Halloween and end in April. I could see a lot of leniency with that. There is much more you could be done with that and less injuries could could happen from that. And I could see that there's a lot of benefits from a 72-game schedule. The issue is with the spacing and it's everything's too packed. Like there's more back-to-backs from this 72-game schedule. And I, we see the result of that with the injuries which, were, which are very unfortunate for the NBA because they're not doing the great in ratings, as you said. So so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Esten,
0: uh, like I said, ratings have been super low. A lot of players have been getting injured. Not only like the catastrophic injuries like the Jamal Murray ACL tear, um, but recently Donovan Mitchell, sprained ankle, is going to be out for a few weeks. Jimmy Butler has missed, like, half the season because of COVID-19 and a sprained ankle. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, both out, and that leaves the Lakers with a team of misfit Dennis Schroder's and Taylon Horton-Tuckers. So <laughs> what have you thought about this season in terms of, like, the injuries? Because it's something that kind of dawned on me while I was watching. I'm like, dang, not a lot of people are
2: playing. It was something that I – I felt that there would be a few more injuries than normal because of the shortened off season. And also for some of the guys, like they had little to no off season, especially the the Lakers and the heat. Um, but I mean, to the extent that there have been as many injuries, it's almost like a football season, you know, like you, you know, at the end of it, your, your week one, week one roster is way different probably from your week 17 roster. When you look at your injuries It's a similar situation here in the NBA where your day one rosters are nowhere near the same as they're going to be at the end of the season. Not only because of, you know, your regular uh, roster moves, but the injuries alone. I mean, all these huge players are hurt. Even someone like LeBron, maybe it's a sign that he's aging, dare I say, but that might be a bit of a stretch.
0: And you know, that's something that kind of hit me too with uh, talking about the NFL, but the difference between the NFL and the NBA this year. Is the NFL plays one game a week, maybe two if you have like a game on, su- on Sunday, then a game on Thursday. Recently, the heat have had eight games in 12 days. The Grizzlies have had eight games in 12 days. So it's back to back game, game, break game, game, break <laughs> game, game, break. Like you, that's, Unhealthy, to a point, and you know we're trying to push this season forward as much as possible. But, dude, these players are—they're gonna—they're ha- gonna be a lot of bad injuries. And it's not like bad injuries like catastrophic, but it's the nagging ones, like a sprained ankle. If you sprain it once, you probably go sprain it again. <laughs> Just speaking from like experience and that rest is necessary for them to be back in 100%. So, like, when I hear people talking about, complaining about players resting, it's like, dude, have you not seen this season? Like, this has been an absolute, like, war zone in terms of players getting injured in terms of, what else? Like, man, COVID-19 protocols. But it's going to be interesting, Definitely, like, especially on the COVID-19 side of things, because the vaccines are getting rolled out, a lot of players have already been getting vaccinated. It'll be interesting to see how uh, vaccine rollouts begin in professional sports, but that won't help the injuries, you know. So last thing we're going to leave you off with is a game that we made up on the fly as we were recording this. So with all the news about the Giants Super League and professional soccer, we have decided to create a Super League of our own for the National Football League. We're going to take 15 of the top 30, 15 of the 32 teams in the NFL, and we're going to put them in a giant Super League based on popularity, win-loss record, how much money they make, all the all the fixings. So I'm going to start off first. I'm calling it, this is my turn. And the first team I'm going to start off with is the Dallas Cowboys. They they're going to be in this. They're America's team, they're the most popular college not college football, professional football franchise in almost all sports. Um they might not be very good, but they also have a lot of money. So this is our arsenal. This is the NFL's arsenal. <laughs> they're not very good. But our granddad loves them.
2: That, that's actually really good. That's a great comparison. How about them cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, Richard, what's your team? So we got the team that was famously called America's Team back in the 90s when they had all those Super Bowls and stuff. Now we pick the team that everybody loves to hate. The New England Patriots. (laughs) They're the most modern. They're one of the best modern franchises since the year 2000, thanks to Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft. They built something amazing So, uh, throughout the years with multiple Super Bowls, and they're one of the most popular teams in the NFL, so it makes absolute perfect sense for them to be in this Super League.
2: Eston, you're up. So my first one, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Not only because they have recently been a very good team, um, and historically they've been a very solid team. You know, they've had Joe Montana and uh, Hank Stram back in the day. But I mean, when it comes to a mascot, who doesn't want Casey Wolf riding, riding out, le- leading the team on a four wheeler, probably hitting a wheelie? I mean, that's it. That's a great way to start a tournament. You know. Just yeah. see a mascot just hitting tricks on there. be great.
0: So my next one, I'm going to go to the AFC for this one. And I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are the definition. They're one definition of consistency since the inception of their franchise. Um, they're still a very successful team today. And they also make a lot of money because everybody in Pittsburgh loves football. They don't have a basketball team there, so. Oh well they have the Sixers, but that's in Philly. So Pittsburgh doesn't get one. So Pittsburgh Steelers definitely is gonna make
1: this super team. Richard. How about hmm, how about the Cleveland Browns? (laughs) Whoa! Whoa! We might have to
0: I might have to dispute you on that one, but you go ahead. What's your reasoning for the Cleveland Browns? (laughs) Go go ahead. I might have to make the executive decision about the Cleveland Browns.
1: In the early years, they were very successful in their franchise with Jim Brown most famously winning multiple Super Bowls with them in the past. Even though they've infamously gained losing season after losing season, now they're on the rise. Thanks to Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. So, they are on the rise. So it, wow, it may not make the most sense for most NFL fans. It could be a dark horse in the Super League. See, I
0: got to dispute you on that one. We're going to leave it in, but I got another team that I think should be in there. We can't have too many teams from the AFC North, but the Baltimore Ravens should be in this.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Cleveland hasn't had a, before this season, had had a winning season in 20 years. They would be, they wouldn't even be Arsenal in this, like they were just bad and not just like bad, they were historically bad. So, I don't know about Cleveland, but we're gonna leave them in there for now. Eston, what's yours?
2: The Green Bay Packers, ah. I mean, especially, especially recently, you go from You you, come on I mean that fan base went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers I I, I would love for that my team to have that that type of quarterback problem but uh (laughs) you know the, the the Super Bowl trophy literally named after Vince Lombardi um I it's hard to think of a more storied franchise in the NFL than the Green Bay Packers
0: yeah I think uh the Green Bay Packers are a very storied franchise And so that is the reason why I have to put in their rival with them, and that is the Chicago Bears. The Bears make the cut. The Bears, they've had more recent playoff success. Well, not recent. They've had more playoff success this past decade than the Browns with also being a very storied franchise. So despite their ineptitude at quarterback, the Bears make this uh, Super League. Richard, you're up.
1: Hmm. San Francisco the 49ers that's a good one that's a good one it makes more sense they they've been to a re- uh, Super Bowl in recent years they haven't been to the most recent one but they've been to the Super Bowl the year before so it it makes it makes sense for the time being and they they been to the Super Bowl two times in the 2010s one when they lost the Ravens and the last time was they Stupid Kansas City so
2: right. Eston, you're up uh, my next one I'm going to have to go with the Seattle Seahawks um, the only, the, a little bit of recency bias here but um, since Pete Carroll came in that's been one of the most consistent teams in the NFL even in their down years they usually still make the playoffs or get or just finish slightly above 500, so um, got gotta go with the Seahawks. And come on, I mean Russell Wilson, he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. All right,
0: uh, my next one, I'm probably gonna get the same reaction from y'all that I got for for Richard when he got said the Browns. But we gotta hit the NFL m- films music. Bum 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 bum. Gotta go, the Raiders. The Raiders are going to be in the Super League, and the reason why is because of the brand. The Raider mm-hmm. brand is one of the most iconic in NFL history, and they haven't necessarily been terrible these past few seasons. They haven't been amazing. They've been they've been mid. They've been <laughs> they've been good enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they've been good enough for me to not uh, want to jump off a cliff if they were involved in this uh, Super League. So, the Raiders, congratulations. You're good enough. Richard, you're up. Right now, we're at 10 teams. So,
1: we got a couple more rounds. New Orleans. Oh, that's Dude, a good one. They got they had Drew Brees for pretty much most of their career, and they won the Super Bowl with him. Gotta put respect on their, on their franchise.
2: So, Simple pick. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Eston, you're up. So for my next team, gonna I'm I'm gonna say this even though I'm a fan of this team. Oh come on I'm man. Throw Miami just, Dolphins. Oh come on. Come on, man. Hey, hey, we, really? hey, just 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 gonna be that guy. We still have the only perfect season in NFL history. We have we have Tua. Hey, we have Tua. To, to be fair, you know, he's the better perfect, than Justin Herbert. The perfect season was before my dad was born. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm a, I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm su- like that's what we're supposed to say every yeah. every time. I'm a Jaguars <laughs> fan. I'm not putting the Jaguars
0: in this Super League. Am <laughs> I crazy? Like, well, I guess there's a difference. Like, it, the Jaguars haven't had any success it, ever. The Dolphins have.
2: I mean, y'all, y'all's – and y'all's best quarterback is Blake Bortles. So, like – And you know that's...
1: what?
2: You know what? Blake Bortles and Dan
0: Marino had the same amount of Super Bowls. So, take yep. that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, this last team, for me, I kind of feel like I can't leave them out. But they are going to be some – Pretty significant teams. I feel like we're gonna leave oh, off no. of this. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
2: Okay. Okay. It's, okay. Yeah. They're the
0: defending Super Bowl champions. They have Tom freaking two rings, Brady. by the way. They have two titles, and again, Tom Brady. He's gonna draw in numbers by himself. So. Buccaneers have got to be in this Super League, Richard. This is your last one, I believe. Hold on, let me count. There's one, two, three, four. Oh, yeah, five, it's my last. Six, it's seven, my last eight, pick. nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Yep, this is your last
1: pick. My last pick is the Denver Broncos. Ooh. Okay, what's yeah, one of the best performances one. in a Super Bowl against Carolina. Uh, like that defense should not be forgotten at all, especially the way they locked down locked up Cam Newton. You got to put respect on that defense. So, Denver. All right, Eston, your final one
2: and oh, man no. y- y'all y'all really might y'all might so, some of might be bringing the cap out for this, but I'm going to go with the New York Giants. Now, hear me out. Hear me out on this. Well, we they they did the Eli I, Manning did I, beat I, Brady twice.
1: I know that them, they. One of them being what was meant to be the Pats, the perfect the Dolphins' perfect Yes. yes. So yes. he,
2: so they saved the Dolphins. And, you know, I know that they've been, uh, they've been falling over kind of like Daniel Jones when he has an open field in front of him. But, um, you know, got to throw him in.
0: You know, mm-hmm. I honestly was kind of debating because I'm like, man. We're going to have to put a team from New York in there. It's got to be the Giants or the Jets.
1: And yeah, the Giants.
0: It's got to be the Giants. But mm-hmm. uh, some of the teams that we left off. So here's our 15. The Dallas Cowboys, New England Patriots, Kansas City Chiefs, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks, Oakland Raiders, New Orleans Saints, Miami Dolphins, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Denver Broncos, and New York Giants. Now, some of the teams that I immediately noticed, so we kind of snubbed on this. The Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've had success, but they're not in the same market as New York. Uh the Baltimore Ravens. I explained why the Ravens should be in this. I think they should. Um
1: I think out n- a pick.
0: No, nah, you nah. Leave leave Cleveland in there. Leave leave Cleveland. Um, the Tennessee Titans, eh, kinda. There's not a team from the from the AFC South that tells you. Ah.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> Son of a gun! Hold on, hold on, guys. Oppa. <laughs> Opa. We're back. We're back. Okay. Um, so I explained why the Ravens should be in there. Um, we don't have a team from the
1: AFC South, which tells you a lot about the AFC South. But... Out with huh? Since there's 15 teams. Should we balance it out with 16 to make it even? Sure. We'll add in one more team.
0: Uh, what's this one team gonna be? We got we can all congregate on this one.
1: I can agree with Baltimore.
2: Baltimore.
0: It's Baltimore. We're going Baltimore. So we're leaving off. Um, like I said, we're leaving off the Buffalo Bills. We're leaving off the Colts <laughs> and the Titans, but I don't feel bad about leaving off the Titans. Nobody likes the Titans. Um <laughs> who else will be leaving
1: off? Uh the Falcons. They got a big market, but Blue, uh, twenty eight to three lead. They don't.
2: Yeah, do yeah, yeah. <laughs> 20, like twenty
0: three. Um... Well, I can already tell you from this from this list that we have, we got our AC Milan and we got our Arsenal, and that is um, the freaking Giants <laughs> and the Dallas Cowboys. That's AC Milan and Arsenal. <laughs> but, dude, that imagine so if the smart. NFL had, like, relegation and delegation. That would be great. That would be uh, I, great. I love that. Then I wouldn't have to keep seeing more Cowboys games on primetime.
1: Because they'd be <laughs> delegated. And – The promotion relegation thing could actually improve the quality of these leagues. But – On the downside,
0: with how good the Titans have been, I'll have to watch Titans games in prime time, and nobody likes the Titans. So (laughs) it's an opportunity cost. But that'll do it for this interesting episode of Press Play Sports. Make sure to like, subscribe, give us five stars or wherever you listen to this podcast. Like, subscribe on YouTube. If you don't give us five stars, we're going to relegate you to uh, the Dallas Cowboys division. And along with the uh, Giants. So basically, we're going to relegate you to the NFC East. How about that? So (laughs) from business manager, Joseph Acosta, that's sports editor, Richard Pereira, photo editor, Esten Parker, wishing you guys a great rest of your day.